0: grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Good morning. Good morning. I absolutely love it when that deep bass note sounds reminding us that God is under all things, above all things, before all things, behind all things, through and in all things. Let us be called to worship then, to worship that holy God as we read responsively from the 113th Psalm. Praise the Lord. Praise, O servants of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord from this time on and forevermore. From the rising of the sun to its setting, the name of the Lord is to be praised. Friends, let us worship the living God.
1: Friends, it is God who has chosen to have a nature of grace and forgiveness, and it is God who has chosen to provide a path that redeems and restores. So in the name of that choosing God, let's come to confession together. Eternal God, in whom we live and move and have our being, in whose face is hidden from us by our sins, and whose mercy we forget in the blindness of our hearts. Cleanse us from all our offenses and deliver us from proud thoughts and vain desires, that with reverent and humble hearts we may draw near to you, confessing our faults, confiding in your grace, and finding in you our refuge and strength. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, amen. Hear us, O God, as we pause and in this sacred silence lift up to you our personal prayers of confession. Amen. There's a beautiful line from the prophet Isaiah that reminds us that a highway shall be there, and it shall be called the holy way, and it will be for God's people. Everlasting joy shall be upon their heads. The path has been made clear, and the road has been opened wide. I declare to you in the name of the way, Jesus Christ. Friends, we are forgiven. Thanks be to God. Of Christ be with you. And also with you. People of God, let's turn and greet one another with the Holy Good morning.
0: As we thank and celebrate the children leading us in worship, I'd remind those that all the fifth graders and under are invited to join their Sunday school teachers now for Sunday school class. All those sixth grade and above, our youth groups, are gathered right now in the youth room. I want to take just a moment to recognize a few things coming up in the life of the church that you will want to be aware of and perhaps participate in. We uh, On the last Sunday of this month, the 29th, we'll be introducing new Bibles into the sanctuary. And if you would like to participate in bringing the Bibles here, and especially to honor someone that you love, someone that you uh, remember, uh, you can uh, arrange for a special memorial book plate to be put in the Bibles. You can stop off at the visitor table uh, that's out at the entrance to the sanctuary and learn more about that. Also on the 29th, we will be having our Trunk or Treat program. After each worship service that day in the parking lot by the main uh, playground, there will be a whole bunch of cars, the trunks will be all decorated and they will be handing out candy. Uh, And so those of you uh, who uh, are in the younger years and still participate in all the Halloween fun, that's a great thing. If you uh, simply are immature and would like to be part of that, it really doesn't make any difference how old you are. Uh, Yes, I'm looking that way. (laughs) But Regardless, go over and enjoy all the fun with the kids on that day. That day as well, we will be having a very brief congregational meeting, that's on the 29th, at the end of this worship service for the purpose of electing a new group of elders and deacons and other leaders into the church. So I'll simply give you fair warning about that and ask you to be there. I'm going to say one three-word phrase and see if you can say it with me. We the church. We the church. Ah, that was excellent. You did way better than the 9 o'clock crowd, didn't they? That's fantastic. I'd like to invite Rich McMullen to come forward, and as Rich is coming up, remind you that we are the church. We're thinking about that idea, that central truth, as we're considering our financial and other forms of stewardship and giving in the life of this church and season. And one of the ways we're going to tell you about what that all does and what's involved with that is Rich McMullen from Plant With Purpose. Rich, good to have you with us today. Thank you, Jack.
2: Good morning, everyone. I want to say thank you and ask you to know, well to be aware of all the impact that you are making as a community of faith around the world with the work of Plant With Purpose. The last 10 years, because of your support, Plant With Purpose, with local farmers throughout the world, has planted over 60 million trees. This year alone, we have planted 9,700,000 trees. The last several years, we have trained and come alongside farmers. We trained them how to restore their land and how to reinforce their communities. Purpose groups, lending, and training people how to invest and lend to one another. We have 3,633 of these purpose groups, people literally changing their villages as they invest what little they have into each other. This year, Alone, we have started 905 new purpose groups, and this being a community of faith, a church. We are partnering with 1,773 churches throughout the world, knowing that the community of faith still today, especially in developing countries, is the most important collective community that can make a difference around them. Last spring, I had the opportunity as the new person on the team of Plant With Purpose to travel to Jejapas, Mexico, where I met Veronica, a lady, a woman, a farmer, and I want to stress that, a woman farmer. Veronica has an entrepreneurial spirit, and because of you and your belief in the work of Plant With Purpose over the years, Veronica now is not only a coffee farmer, but she's a coffee roaster, and she sells her coffee throughout her villages surrounding her village. This one person who has three children, one disabled, with the support of Plant With Purpose and your love and your passion for making a difference in the world, she has started this farming, roasting, coffee company that has changed her entire village, and you did that. I wanna thank Jack and everyone else that was a part of our gala that just happened. You had about three tables, over three tables that were there, and the gala raised over $400,000 for the people around the world. Again, thank you, Pastor Jack and Jan, who's a good friend of mine over the years, also Gretchen and Mary of the Missions Committee, Christine of the Director of Youth, We're working together to do a vision trip, a youth trip coming up this coming summer. You are an amazing church. I know you get to be a part of this every Sunday. You connect every Sunday, and you sometimes may forget that you, this Sunday, are making an impact in villages in the most remote places of the earth. Thank you, and God bless you.
0: Rich, hang with us a moment, let's say a prayer, yes. Lord, we thank you for this encouraging and informing report about some of the ways that you are working in the world, and we thank you that you give us the opportunity to be part of it. We pray for Rich and all the staff and those who serve the ministry of Plant with Purpose and ask that people, as they are now around the world, that people would be uh, touched by the message of hope, the message of love in Jesus, and that it would make a real impact in their lives. We thank you for all that in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you, brother. Thanks for being with us. I'd like to invite the Applewhites forward for baptism. Kelly and Colin Applewhite are here to present their children for the sacrament of baptism in the church of Jesus Christ. And as they come, we all remember these words of Jesus, who said that all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always to the close of the age." And so, friends, obeying the word of Jesus and sure of his presence with us now, we baptize those whom he calls to be his own. In Jesus Christ, God promises to forgive our sins and joins us together in the family of faith, which is his church. He delivers us from darkness and transfers us to the kingdom of his beloved Son. In Jesus Christ, God has promised to be our Father and to welcome us as brothers and sisters of Christ. And so, Kelly and Colin, in presenting your children for baptism, you announce your faith in Jesus Christ, and you show that you want your children to study him, know him, love him, and serve him as his chosen disciples. Now show your purpose by answering these questions. Who is your Lord and Savior?
3: Jesus Christ.
0: Do you trust in him? Do you intend your children to be his disciples, to obey his word, and to show his love? Amen. Great. Our Lord Jesus Christ ordered, ordered us to teach those who are baptized. Do you, the people of the Village Church, promise to tell these children the good news of the gospel, to help them know all the Christ's commands, and by your fellowship, to strengthen their family ties with the household of God. Do you? We do. do. Let us pray. O God, we thank you for your faithfulness promised in this sacrament, and we thank you for the hope that we have in your Son, Jesus. As we baptize with water, baptize us with your Holy Spirit, so that what we say may be your word, and what we do may be your work. By your power. May we be made one with Christ our Lord in common faith and purpose. Amen. What is your daughter's name? Rivers Lorraine Applewhite. Come here, sugar. Lots of our folks could use a pacifier in church. Rivers Lorraine, I am running my hand through some water, water that covers the face of the earth, water that reminds us of the promise of God to give us dry land as our home, water that reminds us of the the saving love of, of Jesus Christ, water that you are bathed in and water now with which we will baptize you. I know, keep it in there. There we go. There we go. Rivers Lorraine, I baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Okay, this is why God created mothers.
3: There you go.
0: What is your son's name?
3: Jack Arthur Applewhite. You want to come see me, Jack? Jack. Here
0: we go. I know she's awfully noisy, isn't she? Yeah. Jack, you and I were up here last week and we came up and talked about what baptism is, about the love that God has for all of us, the love that your parents have for you and for your sister. And so now... Jack Arthur, I baptize you in the name of the Father, and in the name of the Son, and in the name of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Okay, you're going to walk with me carrying her. This is good. So Jack and Rivers. We have officially welcomed you into the fellowship of the church, into the fellowship of God's love. We are all your family, and we have promised to love you and teach you about Jesus, whether or not you are being perfectly good or maybe being a little bit fussy, because sometimes we all get a little bit fussy. But it's in those times that we're called on to love each other. We welcome you, and see, she's doing great now. That's good, that's good. We welcome you into the ministry and fellowship of life in this church, and we're going to be praying for you and for your sister and for everybody who's involved in teaching you about the love of Jesus Christ. Let's have a prayer together. Lord God, we thank you for the gift of these dear children. We thank you for the gift of love and fellowship that you offer us We thank you that no matter who we are or how we're acting or what's going on in life that you call us to love you and to be part of your family. We pray for Colin and for Kelly and all whose lives will touch these dear children. We pray for all who will teach them about the love of Jesus Christ and we pray that one day they will come to know in the depth of our hearts the love that you have for us all. In Jesus' name, amen. Good job. I failed to mention that you have the best name in the whole world. Thank you, guys. God bless. You can be seated. Now, I'd like to invite all of those who are being recognized as new members if you would come quickly up to the front and join me here on the chancel. There are quite a few of you in in worship today. That's great. All of you come and stand up here if you would. This past Tuesday evening, we had 17 people join with us here as full members at the Village Church, and they are here now to be recognized and again to affirm their faith before all of us so that we might fully welcome them into the life of the church. Friends, God has called you by His voice and received you into the life of this church, and now, to share your faith and to be welcomed as brothers and sisters, I would invite you to answer these questions that you already have answered for the session of our church. Who is your Lord and Savior? Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior. Do you trust in Him? I do. do you intend to be His disciple, to obey His word, and to show His love? And will you be faithful members of this congregation, giving of yourselves in every way, and will you seek the fellowship of the church wherever you may be? Pray with me. God, we thank you for choosing to add these brothers and sisters into the life of this congregation. We ask that you would nourish and bless them through our fellowship, that you would help strengthen their discipleship to Jesus Christ. And we ask then that they, too, would bless and nourish us, that in the great coming and going of all your peoples through the life of this church, that we would remember that you are alive and well in the church throughout the world. We thank you for the great joy that this brings to our hearts, and we pray that through the joy and love of Jesus Christ. Amen. Friends, welcome to the church. Everybody's going to be nice to you today out on the patio. Following worship, take advantage of that. You may be seated. Last week in worship, we learned how the act of offering in worship is not merely a convenient means of collecting your money. It is mostly a way of our saying to God that we offer our whole selves to him. And so now in this act of worship in offering, we invite the ushers to come forward to wait upon us so that we might give to the Lord God. God bless.
1: please be seated. I'm not really a sports person, but oh my goodness, I just couldn't help but think we hit a home run today because we, we did all the bases. We had a moment for mission. We had baptism. We had new members. What else could we do? What? Communion. No. Okay. It's just, what a morning to be a Christian in church together. What joy. And then we have this opportunity, this blessing, to put aside all the stuff that distracts us and to come to God in prayer. Friends, let's join our hearts together in prayer. Lord, the day demands that we begin in praise for you because the day is yours and we are yours. We could not live the day without reference to you, without your gifts, without your commands. And our first glimpse of reality this day and every day is your, your fidelity. We're dazzled by the ways you remain constant among us, in season and out of season, for better or for worse, in sickness and in health. You're with us in watchfulness as we fall asleep and you're with us in alertness when we awaken and we are glad. So we begin this day with praise for the gift of life. For the gift of our life together and for the gift of life in your world with all of your beloved creatures. For the gift of life in your church with your wonderful and beautiful and steady recital of wonders. You you alone and only you, you who made and makes and remakes heaven and earth, you who executes justice and gives food that we know not how, you who sets prisoners free and sights the blind, who lifts up and watches and upholds, you who reigns forever, you, therefore us, God, sovereign and generous, who commands the rise and fall of the nations, who calls and has chosen many peoples, who weeps when we harm each other, who haunts every local culture, including ours, with your will for well-being, who draws close to the powerless and surprises with power that comes out of weakness. You are the one whom we praise in astonishment, We adore in gladness and we thank in gratitude for who you are, for what you do, for how you hope. We praise you and we worship you and we adore you and we yield our lives over to you in glad thanksgiving. And as an act of praise, O God, this morning, we submit our sick and our dead to you. As an act of praise, we submit more and more of our own life to you. As an act of praise, we notice your poor and we pledge our energy on their behalf. As an act of praise, we submit all of our fears, our prejudices, our hatreds, our resentments, our pettiness to you, that your mercy will consume them until they melt into a burning love for this world. As an act of praise, we say yes to you and to your rule over us. So look with mercy on us this day, on all those in every corner of the world seeking to do your will in your name, on all those who sit in our hearts nested in concern, on all the communities so delicate in which we, your body, are embedded, And we ask only that your faithfulness would permeate every troubled place and land that we are able to name, that your mercy move against the hurts to make all things new, and that your steadfastness hold firmly what is too fragile on its own. To you, holy center of all that is, we yield ourselves because you are our God, And we are your creatures, met by your holiness. And by your holiness, we are made our true selves. And we praise you, God, with one voice, even as we lift up the prayer that your Son taught us when praying to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven.
4: praise his holy name to
3: give glory honor and adore his son whose life he gave let the trumpets sound let the rocks resound our sinful soul
4: A reading from the book of Exodus. Then God spoke all these words. I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt and of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make yourself an idol, whether in the form of anything that is heaven above or that is on the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them or worship them. For I, the Lord, your God, am a jealous God, punishing children for the iniquity of parents to the third and fourth generation of those who reject me, but showing steadfast love to the thousandth generation of those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not make wrongful use of the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not acquit anyone who misuses his name. Remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. You shall not do any work you, your son or your daughter, your male or female slave, your livestock, or the alien resident in your towns. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, but rested the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and consecrated it. And now a reading from the book of Revelation. After this, I looked, and there in heaven a door stood open. And the first voice, which I had heard speaking to me like a trumpet, said, Come up here, and I will show you what must take place after this. At once I was in the Spirit, and there in heaven stood a throne, with one seated on the throne, around the throne, and on each side of the throne are four living creatures, full of eyes in front and behind. The first living creature like a lion, the second living creature like an ox, the third living creature with a face like a human face, and the fourth living creature like a flying eagle. And the four living creatures, each of them with six wings, are full of eyes all around and inside. Day and night, without ceasing, they sing, Holy, 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 the Lord God, the Almighty who was and is and is to come. And whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to the one who is seated on the throne, who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall before the one who is seated on the throne and worship the one who lives forever and ever. They cast their crowns before the throne singing you are worthy our lord and god to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things and by your will they existed and were created the word of the lord thanks be to god.
0: Before we dive into this morning's topic, I want to speak to a couple of pastoral words. First of all, I noticed that during the anthem, some of you were unavoidably, uncontrollably moving a little bit to the beat of the music. This was before everybody started clapping, Juan, and, and I just want you to know God honors that movement of yours. It's okay, it's okay to move in church a little bit all right? So don't feel guilty about that. The second thing I want to say is uh, a bit more serious. We need to speak for just a moment about what has been happening in the last eight or nine days in Israel and Palestine. And we need to note, of course, that we all deplore the attack of last weekend. We deplore the taking of innocent human life we lament with those who mourn we condemn terrorism in all of its forms in all times and all places and we would love to say so much more for now though we will continue to pray and to focus our attention on this part of the world. Perhaps you are like me, and you've spent even more time reading the news, listening to the many voices that speak, some of them so well-informed, others of them simply reactionary. Because of our attention being focused in this way, in this time on the Middle East, we are going to create for all of us an opportunity in the very near future to come together to continue to lament and to pray and especially to visit with each other about the way of Jesus in the midst of such conflict. We hope to learn more about what's going on in the Middle East and the particular matters related to Israel and to Palestine And we wish to discuss with each other as followers of Jesus what it means that all of us are created in God's image and how we can perhaps be part of the way of moving forward. I'll leave it at that for now, but pay attention to the gathering that will happen in the near future. Let's turn our attention to a topic that is occupying our minds and souls this fall as we worship together. In fact, it's the topic of worship itself and not just worship, but the crucial role that worship plays in our discipleship to Jesus Christ. I happen to believe, and I'll back this up with many decades now of experience in the life of the church. I happen to believe that whether you worship at all, whether you worship enough, whom you worship, how you worship, your understanding of what worship is meant to be and do, all of these things, all of these things have real life consequences. Not just for you as an individual, personal believer in Christ, but for all of us. Perhaps if the world worshipped more and if the world worshipped correctly, the world would function more nearly according to the way that God wants it to work. That is a lesson that is taught to us over and over and over again in the scriptures, in the history and tradition of the church, in the life of the one whom we call our Lord and Savior. And so here is a simple lesson for today that I'm going to repeat several times. All Christian worship, Worship that is well formed, well thought out, worship that is solidly grounded in the truth of our faith. All Christian worship begins with a focus on God. Now, that maybe seems self evident or obvious to us, but it's not. It's not because we are human beings and there are all sorts of things that go on in us as we are encouraged to worship together and as we come to worship together. I know this because I'm one of you. I'm sure that I have thought all of these things at one time or another. When I come to worship God, I hope that the sanctuary is not too hot. Or too cold. If I had a nickel for every time someone's walked out and said it was just too hot or it was too cold, we could finance a new sanctuary. And I know we want everybody to be comfortable, but, but coming here to be comfortable is not the point. There are some of us that have to wear these hot robes through the whole service, aren't there? Yes, yes, I feel your pain. <laughs> Some of us wonder as we come to worship if we'll be out in time for our brunch reservation at the club. We look at the bulletin and we see that there's a baptism and there's new members and there's the children's choir and there's all this other stuff going on. And we say we hope the preacher is looking at his watch and realizing that we should be out of here in five minutes. We come to worship And we hope that that song that we really love is one that we're doing today. And we hope that that song that we really hate is one that we're not doing today. We come to worship and little tape starts going in our heads of that time when mom and dad continued to insist that we go to church every Sunday and we're still angry with them about that. We come to worship and we hope that God notices that we're here and not on the golf course. If we're worshiping remotely, we are not immune to these kinds of things. Yes, I have worshiped remotely before. Hello, all of you out there in in TV land. If we're worshiping remotely, we're hoping that the internet connection stays strong or that it completely fails and we're released from the (laughs) obligation to worship. If we're worshiping remotely, we are thanking God from the depth of our beings that the preacher can't see us when we get up to go get a cup of coffee in the middle of the sermon. When we come to worship, we look for typographical errors in the bulletin. When we come to worship, who knows what. If you're a pastor, you have these kinds of concerns. When I come to worship, I hope that I have my sermon notes in order. I hope that I have them at all because I've had a nightmare about it the night before. (laughs) When we come to worship, we wonder sometimes if all these years of worship have made any difference at all in us or in the world. Well, we could go on with that list, but we won't. We won't because we need to remember this one thing from today, that Christian worship begins with God. That's why we have a call to worship at the beginning of every worship service, to call us out, to call us away. To call us into the presence of God, to call us out of all the other stuff we're thinking about, to call us away from all the other concerns of life, to call us to pay attention to God. And so all Christian worship begins with God. There's plenty of evidence for that in the scriptures. Margot read for us a moment ago a couple of stories that illustrate that truth. A story from Exodus where we read that God has just now rescued the Hebrew people from economic hardship, social oppression, political powerlessness, and slavery in Egypt. He has brought them out from Egypt, and they are camped at the base of Mount Sinai, and God is going to teach them as free people how they are going to live according to the way that He made life to be lived. And it should be no surprise to us by now that God says the beginning of life, life as you want it, life as I made it, the beginning of life begins with a focus on God. God says, you shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make idols for yourselves. You shall not take my name in vain. You shall remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. The first four of the Ten Commandments about how we are to live life, those first four focus us not on us, but on God. Therefore, the beginning of all Christian worship begins with God because the living of life itself is meant to begin with God. At the end of the story, as the book of Revelation tells it, John is allowed to see into the deepest place of the universe, into the central place of the universe. John is allowed to have a vision of the throne room of God. What John sees is fantastical to us and weird to us and some of us don't want to pay attention to it because it seems so strange. Well, don't worry about how strange it is. Worry about what John says. John says that there are four living creatures there around the throne, each representing the kinds of creatures that live on the face of the earth. A wild beast, a domesticated beast, flying beasts, and the human beast. These creatures have eyes all over, on the outside as well as on the inside. Why? Because they see. They see God. They see the truth of God, and they therefore tell the truth about God. God. It's not just those four creatures. There are 24 elders, 12 who represent the 12 tribes of Israel, 12 who represent the 12 apostles of Jesus. The 12 tribes representing the original community of God that God calls out to be a light to all the nations. The next 12 representing the expanded community, the new Israel, the church, you and me. We the church who also see and know and understand God. All of them are around the throne John sees the throne, but he does not tell us about the person seated on the throne, what what he looks like, how he appears. Instead, we rely on what those four creatures and what those 24 elders say about who it is. We hear that language, and if you have some musical Background in your life maybe you hear the language and you start hearing it according to the tune of some of the famous songs that are written using these words or maybe even a famous hymn that we sang at the beginning of this worship but listen to the words again holy holy Holy, the Lord God, the Almighty, who was and is and is to come. You are worthy, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and by your will they existed and were created. Christian worship, And Christian life begins with God. Because God is at the center, God is at the beginning, God is at the end, God is above, God is below. It's all about God. You and I have a problem. The problem is that we generally put something else at the center of our lives. Our own power, our own prestige, our own pleasure, our own self-certainty, our own ideology, our own twisted and wrong-headed ideas about God. We are distracted by the immediate things of life rather than attracted to the eternal things of life. We bring our feelings, our fears, our foibles, our faux pas, our, our sense of wanting always to have fun. We get so distracted and focused on all all of these things and leave God out. But we know because Jesus taught us that to be spiritually healthy, to be spiritually growing, to be rescued from all of those false gods, false gods who lead only to dysfunction and death, that we must focus on the one true, loving, life-giving God. We come together once a week for an hour, more or less, (laughs) to remember this fact that God is at the center and that God claims the center of our lives and that only as we answer that claim will we have the life that God wants us to have when we fail to come together to worship. We then forget who's at the center. And as we forget, we go astray. It's as simple as that. Worship is an attitude of life that always starts With you and me as we leave everything else behind, and as we come to the throne to seek and to find and to know and to serve God and God only. Formal Christian worship, as we worship here, teaches us this fact and reminds us of it at least once a week because we forget every day. But now you know, now you'll remember. Amen.
1: As an act of praise, let's stand together and affirm our faith. We confess and acknowledge one God alone, to whom alone we must cleave, whom alone we must serve, whom only we must worship, and in whom alone we put our trust, who is eternal, infinite, immeasurable, incomprehensible, omnipotent, invisible, one in substance and yet distinct in three persons, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost by whom we confess and believe all things on heaven and earth, visible and invisible, to have been created, to be retained in their being, and to be ruled and guided by his inscrutable providence for such end as his eternal wisdom, goodness, and justice have appointed, and to the manifestation of his own glory.
0: We have a simple job, really. In the midst of all the craziness and confusion of life, our simple job is only, always, first and foremost, to turn our thought and attention to the living God. When we do that, everything else will begin to fall into place. Everything else will begin to fall away from its central place in our lives, and we will be connected to the very source of life itself. It is so simple, yet so hard to do. Let's make it easy on ourselves and do that one thing. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you now and always. Amen.